This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like, when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Thank you for tuning in to <laughs> he's already starting matter of theology. Uh, today we are wrapping up our study in Romans chapter 11. Mm. It's been a long time coming part mm. seven. Uh, I know that you are excited. This day has come. Uh, I know Josh is excited. This day has come too. He was already calling for us to wrap it up when we started wrap it up, recording, boy. wrap, it, wrap up. it up. We're wrap wrapping it up. It up. That's, right. That's what we're doing. Uh, so 2020, but, I have, I, I, I have resolved to be the bad guy of the podcast. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I feel like I'm already in that role and I'm just going to just slide. I'm just going to embrace it. Just slide it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be the bad guy and be like, guys, we've talked too long. You're, you're going to be the one that keeps us on track. Yes. Yes. You guys keep trying to force me into this, like this, like mature big brother role. I'm just going to take it and y'all going to hate me. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we are, we're, we're going over verses 33 through 36, and this is a doxology. Now, Chris, what is a doxology? I don't know, Drew, what's a doxology? That's why I asked you, man. You're smarter than me. I don't know about that, man. Praise God from whom all bless. I'm pretty sure that's it. That is the song doxology. No, yeah. doxology is a uh, well. Uh, we're, we'll define it first and foremost uh, of what we find in scripture, uh, and then we'll talk about what some of the contemporary modern church has tried to make it. Uh, so, how it's defined in scripture is a doxology is a response. It is a response of praise, adoration, affection. And ascribing to the Lord the glory due his name because of the intrinsic attributes of the Lord. And you find an incredible doxological response. This is in response to the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. This, this so is, this is this, what you're saying. Uh, for, for the people that don't know, what, what, what basically you just said is this is a response of worship. To That's, God. Right. That's right. That's <clears throat> right. This is Paul's doxology after laying out the theology of the state of man in his natural uh, standpoint, in his natural heart, the salvation uh, of man through Christ by the power of the Spirit and the proclamation of the Word. 
the state of his kinsmen, uh, the Jews, the state of the church as he's seeing it. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, in this specific chapter, the temporarily, the temporary setting aside of the Jews so that the fullness of the Gentiles would come in, as we talked about last time. Um, and, 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 and this is, and, uh, uh, should be the standard of what worship should look like for each of us. Uh, I know we've said it, we've said it before. Um, I, I said it and through studying this wonderful chapter of scripture, um, uh, it has fueled, it has been the gasoline that has been dumped on the fire of my own personal doxological responses and worship to the Lord. So um, what we see here is Paul just being overwhelmed uh, with everything he's laid out in the first 11 chapters and specifically chapters 9 through 11 uh, when it comes to this section of scripture. And as, as, as Drew pointed out last time, you know, the first 11 chapters or the, the theology, the, uh, the, the, the why uh, uh, as far as what the next, uh, f- 12 through 16, uh, what that means for us and how we apply that. Um, and right here, smack dab in the middle of it is this, uh, as Dr. Stephen Lawson calls it, this, this mini systematic theology, uh, this, this mini Bible, he says, <laughs> um, right here, especially in verse 36. Um, so, that's that's kind of where we are. I mean, if you think about, you know, uh, to start this series off, I did a did a overview of of what we saw in Romans, and um, you know, uh, the the Apostle Paul he has described uh, the, what's going on with the human race, the wrath of God for repressing the truth and the revelation of God, uh, leading to leading to sin and corruption of uh, of the entire human race. Um, you know, we see that in the first two chapters and then Romans three, uh, you know, Paul, of course, that, that verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, he continues to expound on that and what that means. He continues to expound on the doctrine, doctrine of justification by faith alone. Um, and, uh, and that comes, you know, we, we see that statement in Romans eight, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So, and then you have the golden chain of uh, election, salvation, uh, and then we get into this section of 9 through 11, which deals more in depth with with election, the state of the Jews and the Gentiles. And then mm-hmm. here we are. That's right. That's right. So let's begin with uh, uh, starting in verse 33. Well, let's, uh, let, let, let's, let, let's read the whole thing, and then we'll... You want to read all of chapter 11? Yeah. No, uh, no, no, just 33 through 36. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about, bro. Okay, bro. I thought All you right. were just going to immediately start the exposition. Boys, boys. No, I was going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Do the thing. All right, beginning in verse 33. <clears throat> oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, and who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Man. Amen. 
Now, I, I, mm. I would like to first start this off. Um, in verse 33, it starts off with O, mm-hmm. right? Now, it, it, this is kind of an interesting word because it's an exclamation, right? He's not just saying, oh, hey, guys, look at this. This is a cry from from deep within his soul. Mm-hmm. This is a cry, a, a, a begging to others to come and behold who God is. This is, this is pure emotion. This is, mm-hmm. this is Paul's emotion coming out. Right. Uh, I mean, remember what he said about his kinsmen, right? The, the Jews, he said he him, would wish himself accursed, damned, mm-hmm. uh, anathema, uh, for the sake of, of, of his kinsmen, the Israelites. Um, and now, as we get into worship, this is not worship led by emotion. This is an emotion that's a response to who God is. That's right. That's right. right. All right. Well, and, and it's, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say yeah. It's very important, especially I think in the reformed world, to 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 realize and to state unequivocally, unequivocally, emotion needs to be part of worship. Yeah, oh, absolutely. we must yeah. have emotion in worship. Now, like you said, Drew, it's not led by emotion, but if you are worshiping and the gospel and the truths and the truths of who God is, if that does not stir emotion in you, I will actually go so far as to say, check your salvation. Yes, agreed. Yeah. If you are not stirred by the truths of the gospel and what Christ sure. has done for you, and that does not break you and then cause you to love Christ with your emotions, uh, there's there there's something wrong. There's something broken. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, we all go through times of dryness. times of dryness, yeah. and it's not always that way, right? That I, I completely understand that, but emotion must be part of worship. Yeah, emotion's yeah. not bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. No. What's bad is when you allow your emotion to control you. Right. But that's not what's happening here. Uh, no. What's happening here is an emotional response to everything we've just read before about the nature of God. Well, it's almost like he's he, he's 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 gone through salvation. He's told us about the truths of who God is, of of what God has done, and then it's almost like verse thirty three hits, and he's like, I, "I just can I can I just tell you about who God is?" Yeah, like yeah. I just I just need to tell you who He is, right? And then it's this overflow of well, I mean, go back beautiful- to. Uh, go back to chapter one of Romans and what you see, you see this, this beginning of the indictment of man talking about uh, man, the, the judgment of God in the, in the turning over man to sin. But then he stops like right in the middle of it and he just worships God. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was about to say, you see that a lot in his, in the epistles that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see him overwhelmed with, with, uh, with the glory of the Lord, um, and and the the true uh, because of the state of man, right the the natural state, the the depravity, the corruption, um, and we've said it multiple times in the series. Uh, how how can anybody be saved? It's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, uh, and it is truly a matter of unmerited, immense, and intense grace uh, shown by by the Lord, and that's and that's what that, that I mean. He expresses that. I mean, you think about. Oh, and then the two words in, you know, three words in the depth, the, 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 the that gives the picture of the, the deep sea, uh, how deep, how wonderful are both the riches, uh, or, or, or depth of the riches of both the wisdom, the skill, the intelligence, the divine, uh, wisdom 
and the truth, the knowledge of God. You know, how, how un, unsearchable and inscrutable uh, are, are his decisions. His judgments are unfathomable. And that, that, un, that word unfathomable uh, translates from the Greek into the, like footprints that are not able to be tracked. It's you can't, you just can't, you cannot follow this. No. It, you know, the wisdom of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Uh, and, and, and you just, you, you can't, you can't follow it. And then it, uh, mirrors Psalm 77, uh, 19. Let me flip over there real quick. Turn the timer off. Flipping doesn't count. Just kidding. <laughs> well, while you're turning there, Chris, it's, uh, it, it blatantly echoes Job. Right. And, yep. and, and the well, things that quotes Job later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the things that, that, that God says about himself when answering Job right out of Job 38, right. Who is it that, that darkens counsel by words without knowledge, dress for action, like a man, I will question you and may you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And he goes on just to explain how unlike God, we are. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> right. You're right. Right. Psalm 77, 19, your ways, your way was in the sea and your paths in the mighty waters and your footprints yep. may not be known. Yep. You know, and, yep. and now the, the awesome thing about this is we are able to know as much as our finite minds can comprehend and, and attest because of the Holy Spirit. And we see that right. in first Corinthians two, who has known the mind of a man, but the spirit and there, who knows the mind of God other than the spirit of God. Um, and well, that goes back to, to this word depth. Uh, yep. cause typically when we think about God and we think about, uh, the vastness of God, a lot of times, uh, well, a problem with the church today is they just view God as a little bit bigger than ourselves. And that's something we can yeah. obtain. The problem is when, he, when Paul uses the word depth, typically we want to start at a ground level and then look up. But it's much bigger than that. There, th there's a deepness to it that goes below the surface. There's a vastness that goes wide, right? It's it, it, uh, it, it's immeasurable. So so it's not a lot of times we just scratch the surface because we start from the ground and then just look up. But right. it's much broader than that. Yeah, uh, R.C. Sproul uh, it was was quoting John Calvin. Uh, and he said, "Central to the quote, central to the teachings of John Calvin was the axiom, finitum non capax infinitum. The finite cannot contain or grasp the fullness of the infinite. Right. Even after we are in heaven, when we no longer are looking through the glass darkly, but mm -hmm. basking in the reflugnant glory of God, we will not have an exhaustive knowledge of the Creator even then." Well, take. I mean, it's like a gnat at the base of Mount Everest, trying to take the mountain in and then take that and blow it up by infinity, right? Like, like, like we are trying to comprehend this thing that we can see just a tiny little bit of it. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, and it's this, and that's how huge God is. And then it's going to be an eternity of the mountain being revealed to us. Yeah. Oh, and, and then, that's right. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, and then that leads right into the riches of God, yes. um, which drew drew me to Deuteronomy 10, uh, verse 14, where it talks about uh, the riches of God. And, and Josh, I'm, this is the ESV just for you, bud. 
Thank you. Verse 14. (laughs) Behold, right? Come, look, behold, to the Lord your God belongs belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it, right? That's how you say it right there. He he gets to the cosmos, right? And then beyond. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons that Paul says, oh. It's just yeah. like he he's yeah. he's thinking about this exactly and just yeah. going, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom, you know, um, he's, he's over just overwhelmed with emotion. And that's mm-hmm. I, I love I love it that that word is right. there. Yeah. 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 We don't we don't think like this enough. That's right. No, no. You know, don't. and 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 I don't hear enough sermons about this about how huge Christ is. I don't hear enough songs about how unknowable God is and that in that unknowability, he gave us Christ to reveal himself to us, right? Amen. We don't talk about this enough. And it's only until you start thinking about life and viewing your life through this scope, mm-hmm. that is when you truly start to understand what it's meant to live sola deo gloria. Right. That's right. Right. That's right. Well, and and. You know, it, R.C. Sproul actually went into something that I, I didn't even think I didn't think about when he you was know, talking about this verse, uh, how unsearchable are his judgments, his decisions are are he, he's unchangeable. Mm-hmm. And so he, he started R.C. started talking about prayer and he's he's reminding us that our prayers, our prayers do change things. They change us. You know, no, no prayer. He said, quote, no prayer has ever added a subatomic particle to the knowledge in the mind of an infinite God. <laughs> Yeah. And then he goes on to say, consider something even worse. When we think we can change God's mind, we are demonstrating that we think that God's intentions are somehow foolish or even worse, evil, apart from the benefit of our own counsel. God mm-hmm. does not need our prayers to gain more knowledge or wisdom. No. So, uh, I mean, th- that that was that was when, in, in studying this and and preparing for this, that was a great reminder of the, yeah. what, what the purpose of prayer is. And again, going back to worship, right? This is part of it. How often, how often I mean, we just talked about this and we just saw this with, uh, with what was going on in Bethel and the, the declaration that they were wanting to make. And they said they're meeting and, and praying and, and no, you weren't, you were, you were trying to declare something that was something that wasn't within your, your grasp or power to do. Um, and stringing people along and ultimately causing more harm than good. But the, the hopeful thing and the beautiful thing is that God can take even the most evil, the most thing, the thing that creates the most ash and turn it into something beautiful. Mm. So that's right. Well, that's what he did with us. Uh, well, amen. Right. Amen. I mean, and right that, on. That, 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 that's what God does. Yep. 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 And isn't it great too, you know, going back to Josh, what you said about Christ and Christ being the revelation and, and God put flesh on, um, you know, look at the word, right? This, the, the, the Holy Spirit puts a searchlight on the mm. word for us that we're able to, to comprehend and see the very mind of God. This was, this book was written by the Holy Spirit himself through men. And if we're told in, in first Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians two fourteen that, it's the revelation of himself through the spirit. We have the mind of God in the word. Right. Uh, so as, as we're going on through this and as we're continuing to talk about this, let's keep that. Everybody keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as, as far as scripture goes, but yeah. Yeah. Just something else. Yeah. I thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that makes, uh, 
obviously that that makes the next verse, verse 34, really, really cool because yep. Paul asks the question, for who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor, right? It's a rhetorical question. Obviously, nobody. No one. Right? But what's such a wonderful truth is that God, through Christ and through his word, gives us access to his mind. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it's just, it just, once you apply the gospel to this, it blows it out of the water. And it is so amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, And there are some who would say that, we'll see, I mean, nobody can know the mind of God. You know, so you guys don't need to talk so much about the Bible because no one can really know the mind of the Lord. And you're putting God in a box. Yeah. And now remember, context. Mm-hmm. Paul is talking about he is not talking about here any unrevealed truths about about God. What he is talking about here um, is is the, the, the parts and the elements that we do have that we can mm-hmm. comprehend. That's something to keep in mind. And and we see that in Deuteronomy 29. I'm not going to flip there just for time's sake, but uh, Deuteronomy 29 talks about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the answer to this question is no one. No right. one can know the mind of the Lord truly uh, right. or has become – no one has counseled God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find the quote, and I can't find it, so I'm just going to paraphrase it, and I'll probably butcher it. But I think it was by John Piper, and he said – uh, something to the effect of we will never, ever, ever be able to understand or comprehend even a fraction of who God is. But God is honored and glorified when we try. Mm. Amen. Right. It's like it's like we, we will never be able to comprehend who God is. He's so big. It's never mm. going to happen. Mm, but right. our purpose is to glorify him and know him more. And God is honored when we seek after looking into the depths and the, as C.S. Lewis called it, the deep magic of scripture to find out mm. who is this God mm. that we serve. Right? right. And that is, it's such a, you, there's no better mission for a Christian right. to embark on than that. Well, that That's brings right. it back to, to Sola Scriptura. That brings this whole thing back to Sola Scriptura in that you can only know about the father through scripture. You yes. can't know it outside of that. Right. right. So people no. who claim to have these extra biblical revelations no, they don't. outside of scripture and call it the no. Holy Spirit, no, because you have to have an ultimate standard by which to measure those experiences and see whether or not they are God or are not God. Because the Holy Spirit is not the only spirit that's active. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, in <laughs> those false spirits. No, I'm, I'm, like Doctor think about it. Demons, no, 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 no. It's, right. it's true. Satan I'm not. I'm not laughing because I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, Satan parades around as an angel of light, so he will take whatever uh, will be would be appealing to you, and he would he would parade it around as if it's holy, as if it's godly, and it's mm-hmm. not. Right? right. That that goes back to what we were talking about before, just that ninety-nine percent purity, but that one percent that's poison contaminates mm-hmm. the whole thing. And that's yep. what Satan does. Yep. Right, right. Did God really say? Right. God right. said. Right. Amen. So he asks another rhetorical question in verse thirty five. Yep. Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? Mm-hmm. There's no one before God. No one can give something no. to God that, 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 that hasn't been received by God in the first place from God. So God is completely sovereign, self-sufficient. He owes nothing to anyone. So we, we, we again, it's rhetorical. That's from Job 41. Yeah. Um, so then he, 
he's verse 36. I mean, wow. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever, period. Amen. Period. Wrap it up with a bow. Yeah. It's, wow. Right. Well, and that that echoes Colossians, right? When it's talking about the supremacy oh, of Colossians, Christ. Ephesians. Oh man. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, that's just a story of scripture. Like at the entirety of Earth, every molecule, as Spurgeon said, every dust of sp- Every speck of dust that glitters in the sunlight is under the subjection and supremacy of our king. That's right. That's right. You've got you've got these three prep, prep, uh, prepositions here of through and to, and right. th- they they tell us about the nature of God, um, and through them, uh, what what the apostle saying is that God is the complete owner and uh, the bottom of everything that is. Mm. Top bottom, and he he uh, ordains the the beginning, the middle, the end, the means to the end, all of it. It is all of him, through him, and to him. Um, and so in, in, in studying these, j- just this one verse, and this is this verse that, uh, you know, again, St- Steve Lawson is his, his verse, and this is the one he called the mini Sistio right here, uh, in one verse. Um, and we, we have to remember that everything, all things are of him. Um, and, uh, it, of or from it's it's translated multiple multiple ways in different translations, but in the Greek it means either of or from. Uh, everything is of God. It, it's He owns it, mm-hmm. um, and he's not he's not just the owner of of the gospel uh, or of the word. Um, he is the owner of everything, everything. Well, and that gets into we, some. We, he, he's, Sorry about. No, no, please finish your thoughts. Okay, Um, yeah, that gets into some very that gets into some very important and hard truths because what that sentence is right there, verse um, verse thirty six, is sole deo gloria, expounded, right? So, what sole deo gloria is? It's not just the doctrine of our lives needing to glorify God. That's part of it, but the doctrine of sole deo gloria means that everything that exists is for the glory of God. That's right. Right. Everything that happens, everything that exists in eternity past to future, to present to future is for the purpose of bringing God glory one way or another. Now we don't understand how that happens in a lot of cases, right? There are some very tragic and very hard things that happen in this life. We live in a fallen world with horrific sinful events right but what is what we must remember is that even in those hard things even in the trials even in the horrific events we still have comfort that it brings god glory because we as christians have the promise we have the promise from god that all things work together for our good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And now there is mystery there that we have to be okay. That, 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 that we have to one confesses mystery because <laughs> it is. 
Um, well, you and have we need to, to be, and in that yeah, verse, that verse, and we know that God causes. Yeah. Causes. He doesn't learn. God causes all things. So when you look at right. look at Genesis one, in the beginning, God created. When you look at uh, John. John one uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was the beginning. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Right. Right. He is uh, uh, in the same uh, RC Sproul pointed this out too. This is kind of of cool. And in the same chapter, John introduces the, the logos, the second person of the Trinity as the creative agent of the universe in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the and the world did not know him. Right. And, and we see we see that. But we, ha- Josh, that's a great call out, man. We have to we have to remember that that he does cause all things. He is sovereign, completely sovereign. You know, we talked about on a between the matters episode about uh, being robots, right? The sovereignty of mm, God. Nothing happens sure. outside of His control. Sure, His right. foreknowledge. Well, yeah, and we have to we have to remember like we don't serve a reactionary god. No. Right? God Amen. does not God is not sitting in heaven. He, god is not enthroned in heaven being worshiped by angels looking at his creation in a reactionary manner. That yeah. is not sovereignty. No. Right? That is not sovereignty. That is someone, you know, that's that's not a big God, a God that that must rely and reacts to us. A God that is not sovereign is a God that we can comprehend and a God that we can comprehend is not a God at all. That's right. right? Amen. Right. So we have to remember God is not reactionary. He is sovereignly orchestrating everything that happens. Well, and we have to be OK with that. We have to be okay with the mystery, right? The mysterion. We we have to be okay with not being able to explain everything and figure yeah. out everything. Oh, thank you, especially in reformdom yes. today. Yes, because absolutely. we 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 of all people in the in reform culture right now feel like we need to have a systematic, perfect answer for everything. And what we don't understand is that we are putting God in a box when we do that. Yeah, that's here's, right. Here's that's an right. example. Here's an example. Something that is mysterious that you cannot explain. The Trinity. Because yeah. every example sure. you try to give that explains the Trinity ends up being a heresy. It's modalism, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patrick. <laughs> but but I'm gonna, that... take out, I'm gonna take you out back and hit you with a board, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stab you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but but that's the the Trinity is something that is unique only to God. We can't right. we can't really grasp how it works. Now we can we can use diagrams, right, to to kind of draw it out. But but even still, we can't grasp how three is one and one is three um, like that. It that is something that is mysteriously only unique to God, and it cannot fully be explained. And well, and another, we have to be okay with it. Another example is is the 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 dealing of God's sovereignty and salvation and man's responsibility. Amen. It, yep. it, it's the yep. it's the same thing that it's not one or the other it's both and and we have to be okay with understanding that it's a parallel truth that we, we may not be we cannot fully explain that and understand that i mean right. some of the greatest minds uh in the history of the church um have 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 said that 
I, well, I, yeah, can... I mean, I mean, yeah, yes, Spurgeon, Edward, Spurgeon. Called it, it, yeah, all, yeah. all of them. Spurgeon called it a railroad, a railroad track. You have God's sovereignty yep, on yep. one, man's responsibility on the other. They ride perpen- or they ride parallel, parallel. to mm-hmm. each other. Go off in the distance. Somehow, somewhere up in the track, we know they connect, but we can't see it, and we need to be okay. Right with not understanding that until we get to the station. That's, <laughs> right? that's right. That's right. Well, well that's, and, go ahead. Drew. Well, well, I was going to say that's Romans nine, going back to Romans nine. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Where, where Paul brings up the, the objector and says, well, but you will say, how mm-hmm. does God still find fault? Right. If it's right. all sovereignty, right. if it's not man's right. will, how does God then still find fault? And what does Paul say? Who are you? Oh man, to answer back to God, right. He leaves right. it with God. That's right. Well, yeah. Well, 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 he asks the individual what God asks Job in Job 38. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. It's like, excuse me, where were you? You're going to take your logic and your finite right. understanding of things and apply them to me? Right. Well, it's like watching, you know, just saying I just watched the first half an hour of American Gospel Christ Crucified and listening to these emergent progressive people uh, going through and, and, and say, well, the Bible got it wrong here and this is wrong there. And I just can't, and I just can't. And how is that? It's like, it's not up to you. You have to understand that only God has a full knowledge of complete reality, complete reality and complete truth. He's the author of truth. You know, we need to be okay. understanding that because of our sin and because of living in a sinful and fallen world, and because we are finite creatures, we will not be able to comprehend it ever everything which which demonstrates that god is in no way reckless in what he does absolutely not <laughs> reckless and his grace is not scandalous either that's right no it's not scandalous it's not reckless because in order to say it's reckless it condones by necessity of the word some sort of risk some sort of chance Correct. something that is not completely and totally control of a sovereign god God is not reckless in anything. That's and right. to say that he is, is to make him not God. I'm just going to say it. Yes. To say God is reckless is to strip him of his sovereignty. And to, a, so, and a non-sovereign God is no God at all. Well, and the writers of that song have already done that multiple ways. But I mean, oh, yeah. especially in that song. And, but And it's just this problem is, you know, and <laughs> I'm caging here, guys. Sorry. Let me, let me okay. back off a little bit. People don't follow the theological tracks. You have to follow the theological implications of what you are saying. True worship. True worship always begins and ends and is fueled by high theology. Yeah, it Period. has to. Period. Yeah. You can't just Period say paragraph. something like no. God's love is reckless and be like, oh, well, I'm just going to leave that. It's like, no, that is a theological like atomic bomb you just dropped. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and that's why the the battle for the inerrancy and the sufficiency of scripture is so important. That's why it's vital to us as believers to stick to the book when it comes to worship and quit trying to reinvent the wheel. Hello. God has told us exactly everything we need to know know right here. Go ahead. Well, no. And and again, again, like ironically, it comes back to the sufficiency of scripture. We've said this again and again. Isn't it ironic how every problem that we have in our society today comes back to an unbiblical and not high enough view of the holy word of God? Amen. That is the problem. That Absolutely. is the source of the problem of the cancer, right? And we try and and in a problem that I'm seeing is like we see all of these blogs and all these podcasts and things like that that are trying to deal with the symptoms of the problem 
and trying to deal with all of the chaos that's up here and they're not going to the root of it. You're not getting rid of the cancer. You're just putting a Band-Aid over it and trying to get rid of the cancer. You have to dig into the problem and it's a lack of belief in the sufficiency of the scriptures. Yeah, that's right. That's That's right. right. We have no more to that cancer. Yeah, no, uh, it won't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, and 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 again, to quote R.C. Sproul, quote, no possession we have is more precious, more valuable, and more powerful than truth. And we mm. have the truth of God from himself right here in this book. Right, Why? Right. We don't what? need to go anywhere else. We don't. Right. And <laughs> and I will go so far as to say that those and, – and, and again, I'm going to cage a little bit here as well, but please hear my heart in this – those churches who continue to uh, support financially by playing these songs written by people who are not uh, holding to the sufficiency of Scripture do not believe in the true person of the, sec- the second member or any member of the Trinity, for that matter, um, need to sincerely have a gut check and ask yourself the question, who is your quote-unquote worship services? Who are they for? The people who are sitting in the, in the, in the congregation or God himself? Yeah, and you need to ask, you know, and this is this is in no way a pushback on that because I agree. But you know, we need to we need to be wise and apply gospel truth and grace to when we choose to associate with somebody and not, right? You can't just apply, you know, well they're not they're not theologically perfect here, so I'm not going to support them, right. right? What what we're talking about is essential truths that are either fellowship making or breaking worthy, right? We're talking about truth that affect the gospel and affect lives, right? We're not talking, well, this person's, you know, this person's very dispensationalist, so I'm not going to support Now, good gracious, that's a secondary issue. Right, support right. them if they if support them and buy their stuff if they're putting out good, good, solid, you know, gospel centered sure. stuff. Sure. We're talking about individuals and movements that are damaging the church and things like Bethel, things like Hillsong are turning into cults that are damaging the church. That's right. I'm sorry. They are. And I've got a lot of friends that are in the Bethel movement and I I doubt they listen to this, but it is a cult. It is not the correct and biblical Jesus. We need to. Yeah, no, they they don't remit. They don't believe I mean, they don't believe in any member of the Trinity. They don't. The, the, they blaspheme no. both Christ Himself and the Holy Spirit for sure, um, and 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 you blaspheme one of them, you blasphemed all three. Um, yeah. and it's it's it, 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 it is damaging. Um, I, I mean, and and God Himself, and it, it's it's incredible to see how many people will say things like, "Man, man," but God was there and God was moving. I could feel it. It was palpable, and. And this happened, and the roof opened, and and you know the 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 glory cloud came down, and so you know I, I just I just want to share something, just real quick about that, you know when j- j- just for just as far as worship goes, just for that example, and then we'll keep we'll keep going through this verse and, and wrap up, but you know the 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 pronoun there to to whom that you find in that verse is to to whom be the glory forever, Amen. So the the Hebrew word for glory is kavod, which literally means weightiness. Mm. Okay, it refers to to uh, to God's significance and value as much as as we can comprehend that. It's God's glory. It is it is 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 His singular transcendent dignity, as R.C. Sproul says. And and none of us can comprehend that. God's glory is in a room, a class by itself. 
And, mm-hmm. and in scripture, in the Bible, we see God manifesting his glory through the Shekinah glory cloud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it is excellent and brilliant and, and, and just, we can't fathom that. Okay. That is, and, and when you look at what happened in the old Testament, the people that saw this had to shield their eyes or they would go blind. Mm-hmm. That's God's glory. Not even so that, I'm, man. Think about th- think well, about when when God's messengers appear to people, angels. People are scared. Yeah, they they're scared. But look at look, and yes, I'm going to come back to that. The Shekinah glory, the the glory of the Lord. When Moses was on Mount Sinai, it wanted to see God's glory. God said, "No one can see my the, the, the glory of, of God and live." Go over here in the cleft of the rock. When I pass by, and when you look at that, there are some theologians that believe that 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 he didn't see the back, the true back of the Lord, as it, the Lord was manifesting His presence in that that particular moment. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. just saw where God was, yeah, the space that that the presence of God had had taken up. And Moses had to wear a covering over his face because people could not look on him. Look at what happened right. to the Mount of Transfiguration, right? So for a, a place like Bethel or anybody else that try to say that God is going to manifest his Shekinah glory in a cloud of dust and glitter is absolutely atrocious and her- heretical. Well, here's the thing. Awful. I, look at – I know for a fact – I will say fact. I know for a fact it was not God's glory because when God's glory is there, look at what it does to Isaiah. I don't see anybody falling in those churches. Woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Translated, Lord, please kill me now because I can't take this anymore. That's right. Right? I don't see that happening. Isaiah did not fall over in a laughing fit, giggling and acting drunk in the spirit. He did not, he was not raising his hands in just this enthralled emotion. He was on the floor begging the Lord, please just kill me now. That's right. Now, in in talking about worship, uh, this drew me to Psalm 96. Mm. And now Psalm 96, you can break it up into four parts. Uh, and the fir- the first part is the call to worship, verses 1 through 3. Then the object of our worship, 4 through 6. Uh, uh, the nature of our worship, verses 7 through 9. And then the hope of our worship, verses 10 through 13. But looking at the nature of our worship, right? Worship is an offering to God. It's something we give. It's not something we receive. But in verse 9, verse 9 right here, it says, worship the Lord in holy attire. Now, this doesn't mean just, this doesn't mean clothes. This means you are to come before God in holiness, dressed in holiness, rightly. And when we come before God and we perform the shenanigans that go on at Bethel and Hillsong, that's not coming before holy attire. That's coming in holy attire. That's making a mockery of God and how He says He is to be worshipped. Well, and ultimately, when you you know when you you look at you look at what thing, the teaching that 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 comes from that, the teaching that comes from uh, Hillsong and the 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 ashamed uh, the, the ashamed way that they don't call out sin, 
the as far as Hillsong and, and refusing to call sin a sin to allowing uh, openly homosexual uh, people in leadership and on staff um, uh, in, in open, unrepentant relationships with people of the opposite sex um, and, and, and ultimately refusing to call sin sin uh, and to preach the fullness of the gospel and then to release songs. Um, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't no. work. And and we have to know, you know, we often talk, we talked about technology, right, with Matthew Robinson. And and this is this is something we have to keep in mind. If nothing else, you know, when, whenever churches now today, if you have a CCLI, Christian copyright licensing, if you have a CCLI license and you report what you're supposed to, what songs you play uh, on, on a Sunday, they get royalties from that. Yeah. You're directly funding that. Yeah. That's well, not... and I go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. Yeah. No, that's all true. And I think I want our audience to really hear our hearts here yes. because, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't, I don't want, I don't want people to think that we are, that, that we are somehow just caging and going all pulpit and, no. and, and heresy hunting and all that stuff. What we are talking about here are essential, essential issues, Correct uh, issues that directly affect the gospel. The, 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 the main thing that we need to be doing as Christians, right? So yes, we get animated and we get, we get, we get, uh, I believe, righteously indignant <laughs> over some of these things. And I think it's right to, and I want our audience to understand, look, and I think that we have a track record of this, which is why I think this is fine, is that we aren't doing this on every episode, right? But it is important to understand there are a few things, and they are the main things of Scripture that are worth this type of visceral reaction Absolutely. because it is hurting people. I'm coming at it from a counseling, like, like looking at these families and looking at these people that are coming into our churches hurting because they have relied so much on this theology that places like Bethel and places like Hillsong are putting out and it's damaging them. It's causing them to turn away from yeah. the true gospel and right. put their hope into something other than Christ. Right. This is front lines in 2020. This is where the battle's at right now yeah. is the sufficiency of scripture, right? And th there are there are consequences that there are true consequences in scripture that we find for not worshiping him the way that he's laid out. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 I mean look, we, Nadab and Abihu. Right, Uzzah. We've talked about <laughs> Uzzah. That. Uzzah Uzzah had every right. intention of just just because he wanted to catch the ark. He knew it was precious. He knew it it, it housed the presence of the Lord. But just like R.C. Sproul says, Uz's problem was that he thought his hands were cleaner than the dirt. That's right. I love that line it's, so much. It's, it's the same for us yeah. when it comes to worship. And Josh, you're absolutely right. I get fired up because this is what I, I – I'm a worship leader. Like this is yeah. – Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, it, it, is, it's very, very personal for you. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and, when, and it should be. Absolutely. Well, and when you see things in, in Jeremiah, you know – Jeremiah 13, uh, through, and then around verse 16, says the, the prophet therefore implores his fellow Israelites, uh, this in Jeremiah, to, quote, give glory to the Lord your God before he brings darkness and before your feet stumble on the dusty mountains. And while you are hoping for the light, he makes it into deep darkness and turns it into gloom. Like there's mm -hmm. consequences. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. Look at what happened to him. You know, the, <laughs> the, right. the word concerning him was fulfilled. And he was, he was, he was. 
you know, cast out from all mankind and began eating grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven, uh, the book of Daniel says. Um, you know, and then and then and, and he he came back. He said, I and in verse 34 in chapter or verse 34, excuse me, of Daniel 4, um, I Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes towards heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the most high and praised and honored him who lives forever. Like right. that God is holding back wrath right now. Right. There right. is restraining grace. Yeah. But we have to be very careful and make sure that we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And that spirit right. is lowercase. I've said this a ton. The spirit is lowercase. And Josh, you said it earlier, because it is us, our emotions governed by the truths we find in scripture. Yeah. And to, to, uh, to wrap this up, I think, do you want, it, the question is, do you want to see the glory of God, right? Because we, because Moses had a desire. He wanted to see it. Lord, show me your glory. We, if we are going to, to, to admit it, we want to see the glory of God. There's something innate and, and something innate in our creation and who we are. We want to see God, right? And what we as Christians need to be going back to, obviously the word of God, second Corinthians chapter four, starting in verse four says this, it says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, mm. but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And verse 6, right here, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness mm. has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in what? The not in dust, Christ. not Amen. in dust, not in emotions, not in music, in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you want to see the glory of God? Look no further than your savior. Mm. Mm. That'll preach. Amen, brother. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for trucking along with us through Romans 11. Uh, it has been fun. It has been exhausting. Uh, just the amount of time it takes to, to prep and study. Uh, but we want to thank you for hanging in there with us. This is Matter of Theology. We'll catch you on the next one.